This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. You know, Mike had a really, a pretty successful career. He's obviously the champion of the truck mm-hmm. series before uh, you guys met. And we call that BA in our household. BA. Before <laughs> Angie, yes. <laughs> okay. okay, we're not going to have no AA. <laughs> hopefully no, hopefully no. Welcome to Fast Lane Family with Kelly Earnhardt Miller. Welcome to Fast Lane Family. Today in studio, I have Angie Skinner with me. How are you today, Angie? Uh, great. This is fun. <laughs> I like being the person interviewed instead of the one trying to ask the questions all the time. Sounds good to me. I thought um, 9 a.m. I wasn't sure uh, how you're – do you get your morning started early and get I do. going? Yeah. We normally – get up around 7 a.m. Skinner okay. will tell you 6 a.m. I'm like, you yeah. lie. I'm like, it's usually <laughs> 7, 7.30. So, no, I'm, I like my mornings. I'm yeah. a morning girl. Yeah, coffee, all that good That's stuff. what I look forward to. Yeah. Like, first thing I do, cup of coffee, feed the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> to me, you just have so much going on and so busy. I'm like, oh, I can't believe she's going to be here at 9 o'clock in the morning doing this. No, but it was good because then it got me going and then yeah. I can – finish the day exactly out. Yep. good you know the whole idea here here is um for people to get to know you and I think I'm going to learn some stuff too today we've certainly been friends and yes. got to know each other through the years I was just a little kid when you know Mike ran for RCR well I say a little kid I really wasn't just a little kid I mean that was in the late we 90s all, hell I was only 26 I know, right <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in my ago. 20s too right so I always think those are just such kid days you know uh so tell me about that tell me about meeting Mike you know how that happened and oh lord meeting mike was was kind of funny because (laughs) i worked for cbs radio in columbus ohio at the time Mm -hmm. and um, nascar this was like in 98 nascar was huge if you remember the big boom oh yeah really popular so it wasn't um radio was not on the fm dial for nascar i should say radio hello nascar wasn't on the radio fm dial mostly am stations and we started doing some research in our sales department where if we did a NASCAR event, like if you brought in some drivers, um, you would sell out and sponsors would sponsor booths. Be just all over to, it. Exactly. <laughs> and so um, I got invited to a race by some drivers who I think were trying to flirt. And then I, I, was, I was thinking money. Oh, I might be able to make money off this. So I went. <laughs> and then I kind of went, this was kind of fun. Like I started to appreciate the sport. My dad and my brother-in-law loved NASCAR. The only names I knew were your dad's <laughs> and – Richard Petty. And that was it. And so when I went to the race, I had like kind of like a closed minded. My brother-in-law basically helped me with one of the first NASCAR events I had to run. And so in exchange, I had to take him with a hot pass because they (laughs) offered me a hot pass. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. And he was like, no, you are taking me to that. (laughs) So we went and um, I realized that we needed to put them on our FM dial. So I started negotiating contracts with MRN and PRN and the Indy Network and then loved. I walked in the garage and I, I felt like part of the family, like the first hour. And I thought, okay, this is kind of cool. I, I like this atmosphere. And so really I was kind of working, but really I was meeting new friends and trying to possibly move to North Carolina to work more in NASCAR. And at the time, um, Skinner, I guess, with the help of your dad and Richard Childress, <laughs> would I can't tease, imagine. Yeah, they would tease me constantly. And so um, apparently Skinner kind of had an eye for me, and I thought he was scary as hell. I was scared of your dad and Mike Skinner, the two guys in the garage. I was like, uh-uh, I don't want to have to ask them for interviews. I don't want to have to talk to them. And uh, someone came up and they said, you know, Skinner really wants to meet you. And, and I'm like, uh, not my type. Sorry. I just kind of <laughs> walked away. And my boss said, um, this Skinner guy's leading the points. Can you get an interview with him? And I was so cocky, Kelly. I was like, oh, hell yeah. He has been hitting on me. <laughs> no problem. I'll get Mike this. Skinner. I got this. <laughs> so when I did the interview, 
I, I still was trying to be all kind of pompous or whatever like that. And he did a great job. And I had a girlfriend with me and he started flirting with her and it pissed me off. I was like, wait a minute. I'm the one that you've I been trying you to meet. For me, right? Yeah. And so he said, yeah, I did that on purpose because you were a little brat. So, um, but I know this sounds really stupid. I know people don't believe me, but when I first finally got to meet Mike and we were outside of the garage and I was doing the interview, I knew I was like, oh my gosh, like this guy is the funniest, most charming. This is, this is going to be my husband. And Mike said the same thing when he saw me, but then he goes, he goes, but I had to wind you down because you thought you were <laughs> the stuff. And so when he started flirt, he knew what to do. It ticked me off. And that, then it was like, wait a minute, I want to get to know you better. So we started talking more, um, kind of secretly cause I didn't want to lose my job. Yeah. And we, uh, <laughs> we talked on the phone for like a month. Uh, before we had our first date and we had our first date down in Daytona Beach. He had a house down there yeah. and I was like, I do not want to date you at the racetrack. I don't want to go on a date right. with you because I don't want to know what you're like in your fire suit in competitive mode. Right, right. So he said, okay, after Talladega, meet me down in Florida. And I thought, well, that's neutral ground because if the date doesn't go well, I can go back to Florida and lay on the beach <laughs> and it's not a weekend wasted. Right. Um, always thinking ahead. And so we ended up going on our date and, after the, the yeah, making. yeah then I was like all right I actually went in gosh we were pretty fast like two months later maybe I went in to quit my job and they thought I was moving to Charlotte for another radio job in Charlotte they're like right. you're, you're leaving us for NASCAR aren't you and I'm like kind of sort of <laughs> yeah and they were like well what are you doing and I said um I'm going to run off with a race car driver oh, who knew <laughs> and they did not like that they were like we were sending you to New York what are you doing and I just at that time in my life I think I had I know it sounds crazy. I was only 27, but I had worked so hard. Yeah. Um, I put myself through college, and even in high school, I always worked because my family didn't really have a whole lot. And so um, I just wanted to kind of see what love was all about, yeah. to be honest with you. Doesn't sound too crazy. Yeah. What's, um, that's 17 years ago, 16 years yes. ago. So, so it worked. Working, right. Yes. Right. You're <laughs> Thank feeling, God. Yeah, the two of your feelings were right on the money, still going strong. So, you know, Mike had a really, a pretty successful career for a lot of years um, in the truck series, obviously the champion of the mm -hmm. truck series before uh, you guys met. And we call um, that BA in our household. BA. Before <laughs> Angie, yes. <laughs> okay, we're not going to have no AA. <laughs> hopefully no, hopefully no. And um, was in the cup series. And I don't really, really recall the circumstances. I know he got hurt, you know, had a sub, and I don't really recall the circumstances around him leaving the cup series. He had some really bad accidents at Texas um, and Atlanta. And, and said that he probably should have been out of the race car. Uh, but he, you know, tough, gruff. Oh, yeah, I got to get back in there, prove that I'm, you know, really tough. And, and so he got back in the car. And he said that he that, that pretty much ruined his career in the yeah. Sprint Cup Series because he wasn't ready. First of all, he felt that he got pushed up into the Cup Series too fast. That's right. Uh, but the sponsor was there. Yep. As we all know, yep. sometimes you got to go with the sponsor. So he did, um, and he wrecked a lot of cars his rookie year. <laughs> but then he kind of started getting into his, his groove. Um, and then – Larry McReynolds decided to go do TV, and I think when Larry went to go do TV, Mike got put with a crew chief that just wasn't ready to be a crew chief, yeah. and everything that he had done well just kind of went down, South, back downhill. Yeah. Then he got hurt again, yeah. and it's like, okay, you just keep getting hurt. So um, Lowe's wanted to leave RCR, and uh, obviously they made a good choice <laughs> with where they went, and, um, and at the time, Robbie Gordon had singular. Yeah, as a so. sponsor, and so you know, so Richard kind of and Mike kind of sat down, yeah. and and Mike's like, you know what, Richard, I'm hurt. I, I just I'm tore up. 
I'm not doing you any good. We can't get a sponsor. So it was kind of a sad thing, but it was a good way that they yeah. ended the relationship. A, a um, Mike went to get some on. surgeries and try to heal up, um, and then he took on the, the Kodak ride over at Morgan McClure thinking right. that he could fix it over there, and that didn't <laughs> work too well. So um, in, in the middle of all of that, he – um, it just the Kodak deal just was not great sponsor yeah. loved Morgan McClure loved them but I think it was just hard for them to race out of Tennessee out of yeah and the it's motors the were just not good I mean they I think they blew like 38 motors yeah. in one year oh, gosh. yeah it was bad yeah. so it was kind of funny because I never got to experience Mike in the truck series and when Toyota I, we were up in our office I'll never forget it on TV and they said we're going to go uh, truck racing Toyota's entering NASCAR and I looked at Mike and I said do you want to go truck racing again yeah. and he's like you mean you think that would be cool I'm like well you're miserable I mean <laughs> you're no fun to be around right. right now and this could be an opportunity for you to ha you know lighten up your schedule be competitive again and he goes let's see what we can do and that's what happened but in the meantime Jay Fry uh, Jerry Nadeau was injured and Jay Fry asked Mike, will you come and help this team out because we're not making races? So it was kind of a cool thing because in the middle of the transition, Mike got to get back in the Sprint Cup Series and be competitive again. So I think that helped his head. Yeah. Um, they Certainly you know, helps, yeah. ran well, did some top fives and top tens, almost won a couple races, pole positions, and he had fun again in the Cup Series. So that – Thank you, Jay Fry, for that. It helped kind of propel him to it really did. the truck thing again. It and, really did. And yeah. I think it made him feel good. Like, okay, well, I yeah. can do this yeah. if I have a good ride. That confidence for racers Holy is something moly. else, isn't it? Yes. I mean, being the wife of a driver for all these years, um, and I know myself with LW, um, and I kind of wanted to talk about this a little bit because Mike, um, you know, has retired. He just had his retirement party, mm -hmm. uh, New Year's. You know, I've experienced this with LW just in our short marriage of, not competing on the modified and in the modified series, something he's done for such a long time, racing period, whether it was ARCA or, or Bush before Nationwide and the modified series. And um, they're they're hard to deal with after that. Last um, year not sucked, racing. Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> Last it's, year, it's tough. it was really, really, really tough um, because they identify themselves as competitors yeah, absolutely. and they identify their manhood, <laughs> you know, behind the wheel or everything is identified by their racing. Right. And so for Mike, um, he, his exit plan kind of got taken from him when he kind of negotiated out of his contract at Randy Moss Motorsports mm -hmm. that last season in right. the trucks, that was supposed to be it. And he didn't really get that opportunity. And I think that that really just devastated him right um, he wanted to know okay this is the last time I'm going to race here this is and I don't he never really wanted to announce it like this is my retirement year but in his mind and and me he too knew. everybody you all knew yes right, exactly gonna be. and so just a lot of ups and downs and I think that the hardest thing for Mike um, was thinking that there would be something for him afterwards right. and there really just wasn't right. uh, Mike was was promised, um, I'll tell you this, to be honest with you, Mike was promised a job with Toyota. One of the reasons why he went to race for Toyota in the trucks. They said, when you're done racing, you'll have a desk job, <laughs> you know, I guess whatever you want to call it, with, with Toyota. And so Mike always thought, well, that, that's There's a good some life exactly. after being in the seat. Right? Yes, right. yes. And so he was really pumped up about that. And then when Mike went to them and said, okay, I'm, I'm ready, they were like, oh, yeah, we got new people now, sorry. The people that promised you that are gone. And so he has a lot of resentment right now, still sometimes. He, he's getting better. Yeah. Like each day he gets a little bit better. Um, and then a couple other people had promised some things that just didn't come through. Yeah. And so he really, it was really sad because he told me, um, you know, I'm pretty much like the old bull that just got put out to pasture. 
And, and I'm like, what do you mean? And he said, well, I used to be this like real strong race car driver and you know, everybody called me to make races for him or, you know, Red Bull, he tutored right, AJ yeah, right, and that was a great right. deal for him. And he said, and I figured that could be my calling because he loves working with young drivers and he loves going to late model tracks. Yeah. Um, and so, but nobody would touch him. Yeah. And I even talked to Mark Martin about this and Mark said, Angie, everybody wants to think of me as a race car driver. <laughs> Nobody wants to think that I can do anything else. <laughs> and I went to Mike and I go, okay, not to make you feel like worse, but even Mark Martin is going Says through this. this. Right, right. And he's like, woo, right. Mark Martin. And right. so um, I think that helped Mike because he realized it wasn't just it's, Mike it's not Skinner. Him personally, right. Yes. And, yeah. and one of the things that I think he realized too is um, you have to have a degree to get jobs now in the sport. And before it was just like if you worked your, your butt off, your degree was the experience that you had. You exactly, know, because you worked on race cars since you were a teenager. And, and so he know, was turned this. down for a couple of jobs, um, you know, within the industry because they felt that well, you don't have a degree. And then it was really hard because the more job offers that Mike didn't get, the more I got. And that was a very strange dynamic no, because he was also, proud yeah. of me, the fact that I was willing to go back to work. Right, but then. I I know I was like I didn't want to go home and go oh so and so called me and offered me a job today right. <laughs> because then I felt like oh yeah it's a it's a tough position it was weird it was position. weird and it's almost like this year we're on the upswing like last year it was like really really difficult and you know yeah. with LW because yep. they have the withdrawals yeah yeah I mean Mike says it's like a it's like a cracker cocaine addiction because and I sit there and I'm like but think of all these things we can do you know we get that's to me go <laughs> like you guys yeah. like to travel and I'm like let's travel with our family and let's do this and think about this and you're gonna get to do this and you know, it just always goes back to racing because it's just the core of what they know and what mm -hmm. they did and their, their lifeline. You know? And the other thing I told them, too, was to be patient because, you, as you know, drivers are the yeah. most impatient people ever. And they expect as soon as they – as soon as you go, well, I'm not going to drive anymore, someone should – five people should call oh. in five minutes. <laughs> They're so excited. And I'm like, that's not the way real life works, my dear. Yeah, <laughs> so, for sure. And so now things are starting to open up, and now people are starting to call and – we're on the upswing. Yeah. You know. So do you think racing's um, actually being in the seat of a, a truck or a race car is kind of, he's settled down with that and it, it might look like just maybe being in the sport in some capacity or do you think well, he wants to get in the seat again? He, uh, <laughs> hell, he wants to get in the seat again. But Always. not, I don't think in the, in, in a full-time competitive type, no, type no. Yeah, situation. I think more fun, yeah. uh, late dirt yeah. models. Yeah. So Mike Dillon, yeah. Um, yeah. this year was like, like Kenny Wallace and Schrader and all that. Exactly. Boy, they look like they have a ball. That's what he, you know? and so I told him, I said, Mike, can we fix you back up first? So he yeah. had like a rotator cuff surgery. He's got to get the other shoulder <laughs> next year. I'm like, can we get those fixed first? Be a brand new man in there at That's what I said. <laughs> yeah, I said, you'll be like 25, honey. You know, giddy up. You got a new oh. knee, new back, some new shoulders. That's awesome. <laughs> he's like, yeah, if I could just have a new head, that would be great. But I, I think that um, he, he's okay with not running anymore, I think, in, in trucks or Sprint Cup. Um, uh, your brother actually was a big help with that last year when he had the guts to come out and say and about uh, with his with injury, the concussion right. yeah last year and say I'm not gonna I'm gonna sit out a few races and heal up um, Mike will tell you today that that opened up his mind because Mike has had a lot of bad um, concussions and we've been in a doctor's office when the doctor office doctor said how many more hits do you want to take and we kind of laughed and he goes no I'm serious yeah, like this is real yes <laughs> yeah he goes I can't there's no I can't look at your scan and say you can take eight more or five more yeah but you don't know if the next one's going to be the one or if it exactly. could be three or four more. And he goes, but you're, you, you know, you're not good. Yeah. I'm going to tell yeah. you that. And so for some reason, Mike and I came up with eight. And I think we got to two after that meeting. And okay. Mike went, you know, 
I'm probably pretty lucky. He goes for yeah. the, the wrecks that I've been through, so I probably should just call this a day and travel and enjoy the grandkids exactly. and that kind of stuff. So Mike has two sons. I, I raced late models, I think, back when um, they raced. and um, yeah, Jamie was racing because yeah. he said you kicked his butt. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and they're involved in racing. You're talking about mm -hmm. going to the late model races these days. And is, is Jamie helping uh, Garrett Jones? Yes. And yes. That's Garrett. our new little wheel man in yeah, the family. Yeah, we love Garrett. <laughs> you know, um, he's got the greatest story through here of writing a letter to Dale and getting hooked up that way. Uh, with Dale and so um, we keep up with him and you know now his family's moved up here and they go to school with my girls and um, I didn't know he so, did that yeah wow yeah. I was wondering what the connection was I didn't oh know yeah that. okay yeah, so cool. he wrote this three-page handwritten letter to Dale and I just thought it was the coolest thing you know we get tons of stuff like that and then every now and then one will just kind of pop, pop out, out at you and mm -hmm. it did and I shared it with Dale and and he's like you know send this kid this this is and this and and that's kind of how we start our relationship. Well, Mike says he's a wheel man. Yeah, he's he's, he's the real. He's only fourteen. I know, and <laughs> tiny. Crazy. I know, like fourteen and eighty pounds wet. I think you know, just it amazes me these kids these days and mm -hmm. the way they can handle the cars and. It's, it's like younger and younger yeah. and younger. Doesn't that scare you about yeah. your daughter? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, being thirteen and and she's about eighty pounds wet as well and. You know, being in these, the the Sprint Outlaw cars that she's in, she's running in the 500 division this year, which is the division that her dad ran in. And, you know, I, I say all the old men run in, you know. I know, but seriously, <laughs> you're like, oh. yeah. And I, she gets out that she's she's ran two races, and each time she's got out, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're only 13, and you're just tiny, and you're doing this. You yeah, know? How, how are you doing this? Because then when she gets it's home crazy. and you're arguing about, you know, a teenager thing, you're thinking, yeah. you shouldn't have the mental capacity to be able I to know. do that. <laughs> I think it's in their blood. <laughs> it's nuts. So let's talk about Angie. Um, you co-host with Dave Moody on Sirius Radio. Mm -hmm. I'm ready for you to go on vacation again so I can come in and I'm ready to go on vacation. Out. Come anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for my phone call, people. Right. You know, you had a broadcasting career. You talked about that and, and talked about when you met Mike and what you did before that. So I want to know, you got. do you have any, like, good stories of just you, your show is where fans can call in and talk to mm -hmm. you and Dave. And I know you guys get into some, some crazy arguments and discussions Ooh. yes yes we have some interesting <laughs> callers sometimes and some very um uh, callers that have lots of opinions yes <laughs> probably one of the hardest things that I've had to deal with on that show when and we've we've got pretty good listeners but every once in a while you'll get an irate listener and they'll call up and they'll start bashing somebody that I'm friends with and that's probably the hardest thing that I have to deal with because and Moody will say like you can't show your I'm like but they are not going to get on radio <laughs> and talk about my friend like that you know they do have no idea how cool that guy is or how nice he is and um, and it's so funny because every and I'll I'll listen I'll listen but I'll usually try to get my dig in yeah, back somehow. and say okay I heard you out but and it's this funny because I've I've had a couple of drivers and even drivers' moms come up to me and go thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for staying, sticking up for my son or yeah. my daughter or whatever like that. And and so um, I always tell Moody, I'm like, I'm not, and I tell my friends in racing, I'm not the media, even though I'm on there. On that show, I'm right. not looking to break news stories. Right. I'm not looking to, to really do that. Now, if I hear stuff in the garage and I think it's okay to share, I'll usually share that with our producer or I'll even text Moody because I think he's a great writer. And I'll say, hey, I think this deserves an article. Right. Um, so I'll try to do things like that. But I like. I like my position as being more like the, the fun person <laughs> on the show. Um, I like to be able to be informative and give a side, maybe a more personal side right. from inside the, the driver owner lot versus 
the person that's in the media center, if right. that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, I think people want you to share your true emotions mm -hmm. and your true spirit and, and what you really believe in. And in a position like yours on that show, it's it's kind of a fine line that you have to walk. I've, I subbed for you uh, one day and... Elliot was a weekly, Elliot Sadler was a weekly guest, and it so happened to be after one of the races that he and Regan, which I think they tangled a few times. Oh, yes. Um, it was, you know, well, I don't know, Wednesday or something <laughs> after one of those races. I'm thinking to myself, oh, crap, you know, yeah, I've got to talk about this. And, you know, being the car owner, and then Elliot's going to tell his side, and I'm, uh, <laughs> I call Regan up, I'm like, hey, give me some more information here <laughs> so I can <laughs> tell me exactly talk, yeah, what tell happened, me what happened thoughts, you know, because yeah. I'm going to have to either stick up for you or call you a dumbass. So tell yeah, me exactly. what's going on here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, and that's what's kind of hard because sometimes, um, because there are some people in the garage that I admire, crew chiefs and drivers and, and people that work on the team and if I feel like they've made a mistake I really need to be honest yeah about it, absolutely just because That's it's hard. my opinion yeah, right. and so I try to do that without ticking them off right I think one time I made a slip up I said um I think Clint Boyer is hilarious <laughs> and we were interviewing him and I was just you know because Clint makes you feel all loosey-goosey yeah and I said come on Clint you know buckle up you're my man or something like that and Clint goes whoa I'm your man <laughs> Skinner heard that and I got home and he goes uh that was yeah cool. yeah and I was like I didn't mean it like my man like you're my man but right. I, said, I was just being funny like right. I enjoy watching you race right. and, you know you right got to get with it and yeah that took a few weeks to get over <laughs> That was uncomfortable. And then any time, like, we'd have to talk about Clint Boyer, I'd be like, oh, God, Mike's going to think I'm, you know, you know, I'm thinking, no, I'm not hot after Clint Boyer. Right. I mean, I think he's funny, but right. no. Right. <laughs> I know. I did that once um, early in our, my relationship with LW about Tim McGraw, and I said something about how hot and sexy Tim McGraw was, and he was like, really? <laughs> yeah, but why? But yeah, but if you're in the garage, you know, they'll look at all the girls with the nice racks and the nice booties, you know, and they'll be like, oh, she's so hot. And I'm thinking, but okay, if I make one right. comment about a man, right. then all of a sudden, you know, I'm, you're not my man anymore. So yeah, I've learned to just not say things like that. Oh, that's too funny. <laughs> so tell me about uh, working with Ryan. You know, you've been doing that for about a year now, Ryan mm -hmm. Newman. And I get to see all these pictures of these animals that get to sit on your desk. I know. That's the coolest you get to work part with of the job. Parrots and. I took the job because of Christy. <laughs> no, I, I don't blame me there. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. So, sorry, Ryan. No. Well, no, we all know Ryan. He can be a ball of fun, not. Uh, no, actually, Ryan can be he a can't, lot of He fun. is really funny when, he, yes, yeah, when, when he's, he's not in that mode. Exactly. When he's not really serious. Exactly, exactly. And it's funny because I'm loosey-goosey, kind of goofy, and every once in a while I'll try to be funny with him, and he'll be like, no, that's no. not funny. I'm like, oh, it takes God. a lot for his sense of humor. Exactly. Like you really got well, to be funny. Well, he's so smart. He likes to yes. challenge you. Yes. And I don't want to be challenged all the time. And, and so it's funny because he gets a kick out of it because he knows yeah. he's getting on my go. Yeah. But, um, that was, that was a cool thing for me to get to do something I'd never went after. Um, actually Ryan and Chrissy called one day and said, do you think you and Mike would want to come to have lunch? And I figured it was for Rescue Ranch because I had done a lot of fundraising and we had our own foundation down in Daytona Beach for years. And so I thought, oh, I bet Chrissy wants me to ask or um, just kind of volunteer or ask a few questions about fundraising. So we went and she was like, well, we're wondering if you want to manage Ryan. And I'm like, is there like a camera someplace? <laughs> Are y'all goofing up? Like, what? April Fool's. Yeah, what's exactly. Going on? And um, I managed Mike for pretty much since. Well, about a year after we got together, because his manager at the time was embezzling money, which was not a good thing. So we like to keep it in the family. You yes, understand right, that. Yes. So you, you can trust your family. Yes. And so um, I managed Mike for years, but it was different because he was my husband. I think it was harder, actually, to manage Mike as my right. husband um, than to manage Ryan. So when they asked if I wanted to do it, I thought, this is kind of cool because it's a way for me to 
to keep current in the garage, um, to meet a lot uh, more people, a whole different amount of sponsors, because Ryan had a whole different group of people that he's worked with for years. And so, um, and then the aspect of the rescue ranch was yeah. fun. So even though I work for the motorsports side, I get to get do rescue yeah. ranch work as well. Yeah. So um, it's been it's been a lot of fun, but I'm I'm getting tired. I'm 41 now, <laughs> and I've realized that it's like well, actually I'll be 42 this this month. Oh my God, I just realized that. So. Um, working all these jobs and yeah. then trying to still Travel be and super wife and, and yeah. be, yeah, it's, it's tough. It is tough. I'm a lot it's more tired yeah. than I used to It's be. really tough. You brought up, um, you know, managing Mike and, and how you thought maybe in some aspects that was harder than, than what you do with Ryan. And um, it's interesting that you say that because I feel like there's very challenging things about managing Dale but then I think there's very easy things about it because I really, in, in many cases with mine and Dale's relationship, I don't have to pick up the phone and ask him sometimes, you mm -hmm. know, I can make the decision and, and know that that's the, the decision that, that he would good. be comfortable with. And, um, you know, there's lots of things that we do talk about and there's lots of things that we don't necessarily talk about. And I've been asked through the years over the last five or seven years, you know, have you ever thought about managing other drivers and uh, new kids that are coming in the sport? And, I've just thought really hard about that and what it would be like and could I do that because the family aspect between Dell and I makes it very comfortable and, and you know that you're still going to be liked and loved even mm -hmm. if you make a bad decision or if something doesn't work out and th that's a fear on the other side of it that I have. You know, what if I tell them the wrong thing or what if I advise them well, the wrong thing and it I doesn't work out? out. I do <laughs> for that same reason right. because with Mike, I could, the hardest part of, of Mike, and I bet you go through this with Dale because you love your brother and I loved my husband. When someone tells you no, yeah, I'm like, what do you mean? I know, you always want to like, take it personal. He is fantastic. <laughs> Why did you do that? And, and it's funny. And then, um, like, you'll go through a lull where maybe you don't sell anything or you don't close a yeah. deal in, like, yeah. so many months. And then they come into your office and they're like, well, what are you doing? Are you yeah. not doing anything? What's wrong with you? And I never wanted to tell Mike, well, I got, like, 50 no's. Right. I only want to tell you about the yeses. Right. But in all reality, you get 100 no's to every one yes. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was always hard for me to tell Mike until he would, like, then tell me that I sucked or something. Right. And and I'd go, well, let me tell you. Let I got how hard this notes. is. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me show you all these notes. Right. Well, I would never do that with Ryan. Right. You know, I right. could get away with it right. with Mike. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of yeah. cool. Awesome. Well, you talked about, you know, all these job offers that you get and all these things that you're doing. When are you going to retire? When are you going to call it? Jeez. Call it a day. I thought I retired at 30, <laughs> but um, when Mike and I met, I'll never forget, he said, I'll take care of the first 10 and then you take care of the last 10. And I went, oh, 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 you know, I kind of laughed about it. I'm like, oh, and crap. here you are. He for, yeah, he <laughs> was kind of for real about that. And so we, we joke about that now. Um, so I would like to be done in about eight to ten years if I could, maybe sooner. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I maybe start a business down in Daytona Beach because I think we're going to end up back in Daytona. That's home for yeah. Mike and Angie. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're, we feel more at home there. So I always want to be doing something because I'm. I'm too hyper type A to, yeah. not, to not do anything. Um, but I, I would be lying to you if I told you that I don't miss, I call it my cup wife days <laughs> or my truck wife days when I could run my own foundation and leisurely write a book here and there. Right. And, um, do what you wanted it, to do when on I your wanted terms, to, on my when turn. you wanted to do yeah, it. That, right. That's exactly. The thing. So exactly. I wouldn't mind doing that again sometime soon. But if we're going on the whole 10, 10 philosophy, Mike really did about 15. So, so maybe you only have five. That's what I'm thinking. Right. Yeah. Yes. And I'm on what you're three or four of that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you'll be done soon. <laughs> I'll be done soon. Hopefully. So tell me if you're going back to Florida one day, you're keeping your place in the North Carolina mountains, right? Yes. Oh, 
Yes, yes. that's on that. Beautiful we've got area. the we've got the place in Statesville for sale, but the goal is is to keep the North Carolina mountain lot, the RV, my trailer park. Yeah, your trailer park lot. <laughs> my trailer park lot up in the mountains. Yes. That's the one thing um, that Mike and I, when when he started to downsize, that's why I said I need to like. Uh, be a driver consultant for how you downsize from cup, yeah, you know, a yeah. cup lifestyle down to normality. How you go down the mountain. Exactly. <laughs> how do you get down the mountain and still have fun and be, and be okay with it? And so Mike and I every year would sit down um, and go, okay, what's the one thing we don't want to get rid of? I'm like, get rid of the airplane. I don't really care about the airplane. Get rid of this. Get rid of that. And Mike's like, wine. I'm going to buy my wine. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we joked, but um, the motor coach was the one thing that we felt that, you wanted to keep that we and, enjoyed yep. together. And, and you we want to travel for so long, right? Right, exactly. That's like a goal to just to go all yep. around the United States in it. Actually, Mike, it's kind of funny. He wants to go and park like some of those cool spots at some of the racetracks where you park up high above the track. Mm -hmm. He's like, I want one of them primo spots where I can go to the just, race and just hang out with the race fans, you know, drink beer, drink wine, yeah. cook out, watch the race. And you got to take that to some cool places. You've seen you parked on the beach and oh hanging gosh, out with yeah. your friends and all kinds of stuff. That was the coolest yeah. thing about the truck series yeah. because. I told Mike, I'm like, well, we don't have to fly everywhere. Why yeah. don't we just ride just in the ride bus? In this we bus only have 20 races. Yeah. We don't, we're not in a hurry. Yeah, what right. Are we doing? Exactly. That was probably the best time racing we ever had. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you joining me and letting my fans of the podcast get to know Angie and get to know Mike. It was and fun. Some history. And I hope that um, I can call on you again one day. Absolutely. In your retirement years. I'm, I'm up always here from Florida. Uh, chit chatting and talking, that's for <laughs> no sure. No way. No <laughs> way. It's easy to sit down with you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. All right, now it's time for Ask Kelly. And remember that you can submit your questions on Twitter um, at my account, Earnhardt Kelly. And uh, make sure you use the hashtag Ask Kelly. Okay, here we go. At Tammy D11 wants to know if you could race Dale's car at any NASCAR track, which race would you pick? Great question, Tammy. Let's see. I think I would probably pick Bristol just because it seems fun seems like you can, you know, the, the idea of racing really hard and door-to-door -door, uh, and passing uh, just seems fun at Bristol. Some of the other tracks, I think, are more uh, mental races, and that's really, to me, more of a physical race. So I think that'd be fun. At Cindy Moberly or Mobley, we're not sure, wants to know where you went to college. We've brought it up in some past shows. Good, Another good question. I, um, I graduated high school in June of 1990. Uh, I immediately went to Wilmington, UNC Wilmington. In June, I started summer school right after I graduated high school. I spent three years there, and I, I might have told this story, but uh, my dad, I never came home because I worked in retail, and so my dad sent me flowers, and he, on the card, it said, it's been so long since I've seen you, I've almost forgotten what you look like. And that made me sad. So I, <laughs> he said, look, if you come home, you can um, race and get your own apartment. I said, deal. And I finished up at UNC Charlotte in 1995. At NASCAR Jason, how did Junior Motorsports come about? And did you have the same role in the beginning as what you do now? Junior Motorsports was formed in 1999 really as a uh, just a way to bring Dale's business interests together. You know, at the time he was driving for Dale & Hart Incorporated. So much like the management arm of Dale & Hart Incorporated, Junior Motorsports was started to kind of facilitate that role for Dale. I started working here in August of 2001. And my role here at that time, we had, you know, three or four employees. And I just kind of started overseeing contract management and, and different roles within the business. Um, really kind of started bringing those roles from Dell and Hart Incorporated into Junior Motorsports because they were handled at, at Dell and Hart Incorporated prior to that. 
And then we started racing in the Nationwide Series in 2006. And so my role has definitely evolved. But I, I've, I've been the general manager since day one. It's just that my responsibilities today are much greater than they were back then. Uh, at Jimmy Sindel, his daughter is 13 and wants to start racing. He wants to know if, if carts are a good place for her to start or where she should go. You know, I think any kind of racing that the kids can do, whether it's goat carts or bandoleros, legend cars, there's lots of different opportunities, um, quarter midgets for kids to do, really just gets them the, the skill set of the, the foundational things that they need that relate to stock car racing later or some other form of racing that they may, may want to do. So I think any place like that's a great place to start. Um, as you guys know, my daughter Carson runs the carts and you know, although it's different sliding around on dirt and what she might move up to one day in a stock car is certainly given her the fundamentals of what she needs to know in terms of racing alongside people, restarts, you know, passing the endurance of the race itself and all kind of things like that. So um, any kind of racing like that is a good place to get started. All right, so my final thoughts with Angie. We've changed this up a little bit from what my listeners are used to. Um, so here we go. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Beer or wine? I know the answer Hello to this wine. one. <laughs> I do drink beer, though. I do like cold beer, but wine, priority. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Tundra. <laughs> That's right. And Ella. And Ella. Uh, cook or eat out? Cook. Love Definitely. Cook. Yeah, I like awesome. to cook. Yoga or sweating to the oldies? Yoga. Motorhome or house? Motorhome. <laughs> <laughs> I could have pegged all those I for know, you. I you know me too well. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks again for listening uh, to Fast Lane Family and hope you'll join us again next week. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. 